Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome to the Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Larson. I just want to say how thankful I am that you are listening today. It's so cool to be able to share what God is teaching me from halfway across the world to most of our listeners who are in the United States. However, we do have listeners from 76 different countries spanning over five continents. As you may know, my husband Drew and I are living in Japan as he received a job offer to teach English here. It's been an amazing adventure with lots of learning and growing. Everything here is very different from the language to grocery stores to transportation to the plants and bugs and creatures and to which side of the road you drive on. It's been a huge learning experience. And while I don't tend to share a lot about Japan on the podcast, I've been sharing how God has been preparing us and how he continues to teach us, provide for us, and guide us while we're here. This whole time we've been in his hands. Before we even knew that we'd be moving, he moved our hearts. Before we had all the details about the departure date, where in Japan we'd be living, He reminded me of how faithful he is. And when we were in the moving process, there were lots of changes and uncertainty, but he reminded me to trust him because he always provides. And he has. Even this week, we have had so many little life admin, we like to call it, little life admin issues with our our bank back home, our Japanese bank, our old electric company, our phone service. It's been the perfect storm of things not working out how we were expecting. And we were honestly able to laugh about it before it even got figured out because we know he provides our every need. On the podcast, we've been talking a lot about faith because it was something that God really laid on my heart as we were preparing to go to Japan without knowing many details. Faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. Hebrews chapter 11 is considered the the great faith chapter that goes through examples in the Bible of people who had faith in our faithful God despite their seen circumstances. And faith is awesome. You can actually go back if you about seven episodes probably. Um, We have an episode just focused on faith. It's trusting in the unseen even when the circumstances don't make sense. However, we as believers also need endurance as we walk this life with Jesus or as we run this race. This past weekend, I saw several of my friends um, through social media compete a half or a full marathon in Indianapolis. Running a race does not just take faith that you will make it to the finish line that you can't yet see. It requires endurance to make it to the finish line, pushing through the pain and the time. And that's how chapter 12 of Hebrews begins. Chapter 11 is talking about faith and all of those examples of biblical characters trusting in God. And chapter 12 begins saying, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Or the CSB version says, let us run with endurance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, 
the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So this version is NIV and it says perseverance, which if you do a little Google search, perseverance is basically persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. While endurance, which is used in the CSB, um, is the ability to endure an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way or the capacity of something to last or to withstand wear and tear. Either way, it's pushing through, it's keep on keeping on and being able to continue the race that we have. And the great example that we have is Jesus who endured a human life, sinless, completely sinless, And he endured the cross, died for our sins, and rose again, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So in light of those who have endured before us, fellow God followers such as Abel, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, we know that we can endure. In light of what Jesus himself endured, we know that we can endure. And it gives us advice, too, about how to run and endure, to take off everything that hinders, throw it off, and the sin that so easily entangles. When you're running, you don't want to have a bunch of layers and baggage and things that are going to slow you down. You want to have just what you need for that run, nothing extra. And it also says where our eyes should be set. When you're running a race, you don't have your eyes drifting around. That's going to distract you from the end goal. But it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. That's where I should be set because that is where we're going. That is our end goal. He is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. He started this faith and he will finish it and he continues it and he perfects it. So even when life is hard, we know that Jesus has endured, so we can endure. What do we endure, though? As Christians, unfortunately, sometimes we think having faith makes life easy, but that is so far from the truth. We have him as our prince of peace. He gives us peace that surpasses understanding. And the almighty God who can deliver us from slavery to sin, basically saving us from ourselves. But we know that in this world, we will have hardships. That's a promise. Jesus told us that in this world, you will face trouble, but to take heart, he has overcome the world. However, how often do we actually struggle against sin? Sometimes temptation can come up and we just give up so easily. Oh, it's just a little sin. That's okay. I have grace. How often do we actually struggle against sin? Do we more often struggle with his discipline, him correcting us, forgetting that he is a good father who loves us? Let's continue in the chapter. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. That's a really intense resistance to sin. I don't know about you. This is me speaking for myself. But I can so often 
give in to sin too easily, where I don't think it's a huge deal and it's okay, you know, if it's, oh, it's just like people pleasing and it'll make this, no, no, no. Sin is what Jesus died on the cross for. That's something to take very seriously. That is something that we should resist and endure. It says, in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, as he chastens everyone he accepts as a son. So, a discipline is not a fun word, but it's teaching us how to follow his word, his law, his commands, his ways, which his ways are love. He tell, His command is to love him and to love others. But discipline is correcting us. It's helping us to become more like him. Continuing in verse 7, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. You don't want to have a dad who just lets you do anything that you want. If you're just going to run across the street without looking both ways, you're going to get hit by a car. If you just eat ice cream every night and candy every morning, you're not going to get the nutrients that your body needs. If you just sit in front of a TV and watch shows all day and all night, you're not going to get the rest you need. You're not going to be able to do fun, productive things and learn and grow and experience life. We want to have a father who disciplines us and shows us the way to live life right. So we respect our parents who have taught us how to live in a correct way, even though it wasn't always fun as a kid to learn and to be corrected. So continuing, (laughs) how much more should we submit to the Father of Spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. So our earthly parents They're flawed humans. They love us. Some people have different growing up experiences, but overall, usually parents really do try their best. But God disciplines us for our good. He is perfect. And so his discipline for us is exactly what we need so that we can become more like him, holy. Verse 11, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So when we are experiencing discipline from God, that's not something that we should be upset about. It's obviously not something that is easy to go through, but it's a good thing to go through. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. We can see in this little passage here how God is a good father and he disciplines us because we are his true sons and daughters. He wants us to be more like him and to love like him and to know how to live life to the fullest, to have life in abundance. So we know that even when life is hard, we know God is a good father. 
so we can endure. We can endure whatever hardship comes our way. Continuing on, we're going to go jump to verse 18. This whole little passage here, chapter 12 is just amazing overall, but I also love these coming verses we're reading now. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them, because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. We have not come to that mountain, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to, the, you have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. So this is talking about the past when God came to Mount Sinai and he was giving the Ten Commandments to Moses. He was up on the mountain and there was these, all these storms and there was lightning and loud sounds and it was terrifying. And he gave them commands not to approach the mountain, not to touch the mountain, otherwise they would have to be stoned. And it wasn't, it sounds really harsh, but he was really protecting them because his holiness is so great that we as flawed humans, if we tried to just approach his holiness, we would die. But thankfully we have the new covenant with Jesus. So we don't have to make sacrifices to be in God's presence, but instead his holiness came and cleansed us. So that's why we come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. That is what we get because we are under the new covenant, thanks to Jesus who endured the cross for us and rose to life on the third day so that we could have eternal life with him. And that means that we are here on this temporary earth, that we have to endure some hardships, how we have to endure some discipline and just terrible circumstances that happen because we live in a fallen world, but it's not the end. This is just the beginning. This is just where we're traveling through. Continuing in verse 25, see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, How much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. So this world is temporary. This world is going to be shaken. This world is created but what cannot be shaken will remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, we get a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It's going to last forever. Let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. The past is not our future. 
The only past that is still our future is our good God. He has been good through all the ages, before the earth was formed, before he said, let there be light. He is preparing a kingdom for us, a heavenly home. This world is not your home. That's why you're struggling. That's why you're looking for things to satisfy you. That's why you don't feel completely full. We can endure this earthly life and all that entails because we are awaiting our forever city with Him. So even when life is hard, we know that He has a kingdom for us. So we can endure. And here's just some questions to think about after listening to or reading this passage. How are you running the race right now? Are you entangled by sin? What is holding you back or slowing you down? What needs to be thrown off? What is distracting your eyes from your maker? What discipline are you going through right now? Are you blaming God for that discipline? Or are you thankful that he loves you enough to correct you? What are you holding on to? Are you holding on to present, visible, created things that will pass away? Or are you holding on to the hope of him who is handing us a heavenly forever home? So thanks for listening to Hebrews chapter 12 endurance. And next week, we're going to be discussing if Christianity should really be categorized as a religion based on what the Bible says about being a Christ follower. And following next week is a special Thanksgiving episode, and we'll be announcing the new series that will be coming up. You can follow us on Instagram at Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. Join our Facebook group, share, rate, write reviews. It helps other people find the podcast too. And just let us know how God is speaking to you. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. May the Lord bless you and keep you.